Retro Anime. How did we find it? How does it hold up? Unpacking the ins and outs of being an old school nerd, and proving that 80s kids can't remember a damn thing right. These are the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd. Welcome to Mindless Midlife Musings of the Anime Nerd. I'm Rick, and I'm joined by the rest of our panel, Vic, Brian, and Lynette. How's it going, everyone? All right. Well, folks, it's time to let it all fang out, because today we're talking about the cult classic dark future science fiction romance, Vampire Hunter D. Vampire Hunter D is a 1985 Japanese fantasy horror OVA film directed by Toyo Ashida. Uh, the screenplay is based on the first in a long-running series of light novels written by Hideyuki Kikuchi. The novels have been written in, by the Japanese author and illustrated by uh, Yoshitaka Amano since 1983, and there have been nearly 40 of them since. So they've been busy. Now, this anime was released theatrically in 1985, and an English-language version of the OVA was produced in 92 by Streamline Pictures. Uh, it was shown theatrically, uh, the, like the fine arts circuits and stuff, but it didn't hit home video until 1993, which is when we would have picked this up. Roughly, the film was re-released by Sentai Filmworks in August of 2015 with an all-new dub. So, uh, let's get into this. So, 1993? Um, before you do that, I gotta say... What's your, um, I think the viewers and the people who, viewers, the people who listen want to know, how do you come up with your intro? It's, it's time for us to fang out. I was like, okay. <laughs> copious amounts of caffeine. That's, that's all. Caffeine, it's, okay. It's just copious. That's my, my drug of choice. <laughs> At least you didn't say hang out with your fang out. Well, you know, that was the first draft. So... <laughs> I'll be running by anybody? The, no, no. I, I, this is all internal, and then I just drop them on you guys when we start recording. So <laughs> there's no writer's room for my intro outros. No monologue. Or I probably, I probably need one, uh, but no, there's not. I gotta tell you, my thing out, that was awesome. I, <laughs> I, I instantly wanted to bite something. I don't know, a steak or a puppy. It, it's it's the <laughs> it's the the dad in me. You do all the dad jokes. So 1993, uh, we would have been in high school when this dropped. Yeah. I don't remember how I watched it. I'm pretty sure it was our friend Diego who got us the VHS of this. I, I did not own it. Uh, I did not own it for until Bloodlust. Then I decided I needed the first one too. That that actually yes, because Vampire Hunter D. D would be Diego. Diego could have said, yeah, I'm going to buy it because that's D. <laughs> this whole series, like, how many characters are named D? This, this is Dan and Doris and D. And <laughs> it's, it's like a thing. It's a running theme. Right. Uh, I guess the first thing I could say about this series is, is it is so 80s. The animation style in this is so unequivocally 80s. Oh, God. It's so 80s. That's the best thing I can say about it. And I didn't remember I, that. I actually felt like it was earlier than 80s. Did it? But yeah, I felt like I was looking at Speed Racer's older, sluttier sister. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I mean, it, it it hardcore, like, it had that early 80s feel. They, shouldn't, you, they say you should never watch something through, you know, nostalgia, rose-colored glasses of nostalgia or whatnot. That's what I had for this. Because in my head... It looked like bloodlust, and then when I I went back and I watched, it, I was like, "Oh wow, no, this is this is nothing like bloodlust. This <laughs> is completely <laughs> not like bloodlust at all." It's like the first time you watch Looney Tunes, right? As a kid, you're like, "Well, gosh, it's awesome," but then you go back and you watch it like Looney Tunes, GI Joe, you know, and you're like, "I was easily entertained." <laughs> right? Yeah, I I had a very low bar. Um, and that's not, I, I want to be clear, this isn't a slam against the movie. It's, it's great. It's beautiful. There are genuine moments of animation brilliance in this. Oh God, the opening sequence itself with Doris just walking through the field. The yeah. The only thing that killed it was just the grass going back and forth, just sideways yeah. as she's walking through. But that, the, her walking through, it was, it was fluid. It was sharp. You know, for the time it was nice. Yeah. Everything, the lighting, the color, like everything was great. It was just 
it was just in that opening i'm going wow this is so much more 80s than i remembered it and and not in a negative way it was just dramatic just like i was remembering it differently that's all yeah just remember anything released in the first half of the 80s that's what it was like you know what it felt like you remember the difference between looking at from uh marvel versus something from image right image came through with such vibrant colors some crisp lines like it felt like that it, it was it was like it was like a, a modern comic book versus versus an old school one <laughs> it was definitely the the image comics the jim lee to you know the old kirby style stuff not worse per se just of its time and completely different um so i i feel you the things i wrote for the opening sequence were uh shortest skirt ever ever and, <laughs> and this is coming from a guy who watches ikitosin this is like the shortest skirt i've ever seen uh to the point where you're at the why bother it's like yeah uh yeah and then um holy shit massive forehead that was that was literally the first thing i wrote <laughs> I think both the main character, the the female oh, character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, forehead. do not get me started. Uh, we're we're gonna get to her, but it's like yeah, her foreheads were like measured in faces, so it's like they were all at least two faces high. No, this this chick, the intro chick, uh, Doris. Her name was Doris. It took me way longer to remember that than her. Her forehead is was silver medal compared to to the daughter, uh, Larmika. Larmika's forehead is. Lamika's forehead is three human heads worth of forehead. <laughs> yeah, it goes it goes back all the way back. Oh my, yeah. So that was that was. <laughs> so I liked I liked the bit of world building the beginning did right. She's she's hunting uh, some kind of dino. Like it's the first thing I thought it was she's hunting a dinosaur. Like it looked like a I don't know an iguanodon or something, and. But she's wearing like this old timey outfit and she's got like this old timey rifle with like a bayonet on it. And but then is shooting laser blasts. So it's like they're very clearly setting up this sort of old Euro sci fi crazy shit is what they were doing, which I dug it's like this whole neo retro look. <laughs> right. And and I appreciate it. And that that totally comes into play. Like they they lean into that hard. Right. Um, I mean, D comes in riding on a cybernetic horse. Right. <laughs> purple too i noticed with a lot of the yeah. coloring heavy use of the purples yes i haven't seen that very often in anime to and, convey and darkness I, oh yeah know. rather yeah, it, was, it was a lot of black and purple <laughs> it was mm -hmm. like all the shading was and i just i'd say it's no wonder d has a cybernetic horse because you saw what happened to hers like talk <laughs> about beating a dead horse this horse gets <laughs> bit chomped like just carried in a werewolf's mouth like nope i'm out horse torture that's <laughs> first five minutes of this thing was this horse getting tortured it was horrible you know it's another cyborg apocalypse set in the distant future i think i wrote it's like 12,090 ad this takes place yeah so so my first question and this is a callback from a previous episode we did in the sequence, which one came first? This is the North Star or D? Officially, Fist of the North Star happened or was released first. So I'm going to go chronologically Fist of the North Star is first. Actually, That's... I think D came out first before Fist of the North Star, but I think it takes place before. The series was animated before the, the D movie, right? The series was animated, but the movie... Which, by the way, just so we're going to get it out of the way now, yes, there's a Kenshiro cameo Easter egg in this. Where? It's not as good. It's not as good. So in, in Fist of the North Star, D's cameo is obvious. You see that character and you're like, that's D. In this one, the character that is Kenshiro, it, it looks a little like Kenshiro, but it was enough that I went, is that supposed to be Kenshiro? And then I looked it up and I was like, yep, that's supposed to be him. But not enough. There wasn't enough eyebrow. Like the eyebrow should be like the size of the girl's forehead. And, <laughs> and instead, it was just like reasonable eyebrows. And I'm like, okay, that's. But anyways, yeah, he's in there. So, so the reason why I'm asking, so somehow one of them got worse, <laughs> you know. And I'm trying to figure out which world <laughs> got worse. Did this of the start get worse or? 
was Demon's. I mean, and I need to know that answer because we didn't have demons in Fist of the North Star. I would say the other way around because the world of Fist of the North Star was barren, nuclear ravaged. And you know, in this one, you had life, you had grass, you had trees, so. And apple eating demons. As an overabundance of life. (laughs) (laughs) You start off with this whole setup with uh, Doris getting bit by Count Lee. They don't actually show the bite, but they do a lot of illustrative stuff with shadow and light, and it's very cool. Count Lee appearing rock? That was badass. Right? It was It was very good. He's eight feet tall. Yeah, it was cool. Which is, the, the, I mean, based on our, our history with, you know, things like Fist of the North Star, which is the same director, we shouldn't be too surprised that scale is optional yes. in this anime. <laughs> Also, did you notice how Count Lee seemed bored like 99% of the movie? I I wrote that down. I said, uh, uh, where's my note on it? I said, Lee is just so unamused. (laughs) He's over like 10,000 years old. So I guess after a while, you would be bored. I called him Bored Rutger Hauer. But Bored Rutger Hauer, that's an excellent, a Bored Rutger Hauer is an excellent way to describe Lee. That's... His name is apparently a homage to Christopher Lee, who played Dracula like in a whole bunch of movies. But they, he certainly doesn't look like Christopher Lee. <laughs> I, I I hated how he, he looked younger when you first see him. When you first see him, you don't realize he's just that haggard. Well, he's trying to show off for the girl when you first see him. Right, right, right. right. You know, he's looking eight feet tall. He's he's bearing his fangs. He's hanging put on out his, his ma- out. Yeah, he put on some makeup and, you know, he, he dressed it up. He literally is sitting there like, I to buy her, but I'll also be to recheck my AARP. Make sure I got <laughs> So in the in the original streamline dub, which is what I, I wanted to watch but did not get to, it, Lee and his daughter have these just breathtakingly bad Euro trash accents. And I missed them in the dub that I watched. Uh, they were so bad, they were good. It was very much the European accent like this. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is these. <laughs> but he was a bored. It was a bored Euro trash accent. Anyway, so I, I do miss I, I missed that stream that from the streamlined dub. They were bold enough to be to be horrible. accents. <laughs> they never really tell you what. Where on earth? His story takes place. True. Point where I don't even know. Think it's it, it could not even be Earth. It could. It could not even be Earth. But I mean, it is. There are things about it that are very Earth centric. Like when he's he's in the all the way in the dungeon of the castle. He like steps on an old railroad track and it like crumbles under his feet. Like there's little things like that where you're like, okay, this could be otherworldly, but they're trying to say this is distant. Earth future. I hate the design of their castle. The hate, you hate the design of the castle? Dude, I was going to say I enjoyed the design Ooh. of the castle. Like It was like a like some kind of cyber net. Like, it was like a Tron Legacy version of, of a vampire castle. Like It was this high-tech thing that had been there so long that the metal was worn and, you know, but it was, it was clearly this cyber this like futuristic structure that ended up being this vampire castle. I don't know. I, I dug it. I thought that was an interesting. It's like you see the towers. They have these little offshoot towers that it's just not physically possible. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've always felt like I've always felt that way. I've always looked at the whatever you see big ass moon behind it. And then you see these castles, and you can see the arches, but you never see the bottom of the castle. And then apparently, this smoke goes to hell. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's just a bottomless pit. Where's the front door to send everyone to hell? How deep do you want the moat? All the way. All the way where? (laughs) Keep keep digging. I'll tell you when you're there. Like I see, still see you, not deep enough. <laughs> That's right. I loved D's in his entrance. It, so that was one of the things I wrote down about this was that this this show, this movie is, um, it's a mishmash of so many different genres. It's it's a horror, it's a sci-fi, it's it's, uh, it, but it's also a western. And and D is definitely the gunslinger rolling into town on his horse with no name, 
It has a model number, apparently. <laughs> it doesn't have a name. And he rolls in, and this is just so on par for this genre. He goes through what I have to say is the easiest job interview ever, which is stand there as this girl like tries to whip him. And then he doesn't do anything. The whips break, and suddenly he's the most qualified vampire slayer she's ever seen. I'm like, <laughs> nailed it. Small-time <laughs> mentality. But, like, he's so good that she'll give him everything she owns, including her body. Like, and all he had to do was was stand still and snap some electric whips. Like that. Oh, and it's in his face the, the, the whole time, the cape. Yeah, and, his, and the flaps of his, his cape fold over his face like bat wings. It was very, I love that. I thought that was very, like, you know, on brand. Oh, man. Oh, and then I wrote <laughs> the most terrifying thing in this whole movie. It's not Lee. It's not it's not a Larmika's forehead. No, the most terrifying thing in this movie is the red mist. That red mist that just comes in and starts eating a freaking sheep. Just like just floating red. I'm like, that's horrifying. That's the whole movie could be about this fucking red mist that just eats things and it's electric fence does nothing. It no, it's useless. Here. This is you can shoot it, it but you can yeah. shoot at it. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so then we're introduced to I'm calling him Richard Greco because I don't remember his actual name, but I know it started with a G and it was something like that. It's the the blonde douche canoe from the town, the the rich oh, boy's yeah. son. Richard Greco, though? That's what I called it, because it was like, it was Greco. They, it was Greco. So I wrote Greco because I was being facetious. But yeah, Greco. His name was Greco. Like Yeah, Greco-Roman. Yeah, like Greco-Roman wrestling. Right, yes. He had the he had the um, 80s sleazy eyes. That's how right. you always knew they were like the bad guys. He knew he was a bad guy, yeah. Sleazy eyes, a huge pompadour. Yes, that's the thing I was about to say. He had the evil eyes and he had this stupidly huge pompadour and, and his like pirate shirt. You know, <laughs> what's going on? I don't know what that was about. Yeah. That's what I liked about this movie is you could tell. You could tell who the bad guys were. You just looked in their yeah. eyes because it was the shape of their eyes. You're like, that's a bad guy. That's a bad guy. <laughs> D's. D, D, D. All right. So D is a, an interesting character. But I don't think he's nearly as interesting, and I want a whole movie just about left hand. Right? <laughs> that was my favorite character out of the whole thing. Yeah, D was just tall, dark, and quiet. Didn't really yeah. talk a lot. His left hand did most of the speaking, and that was that's it's the weirdest conversation you can have as a girl and say, "I saw this guy, and he had an amazing left hand," and you <laughs> nobody. <laughs> His left hand did things that. <laughs> No hand should ever do. He said, like, yeah, yeah. He seriously was talk to the hair. <laughs> it's, like, it's, a, it's a weird conversation starter because he can say, I watched this anime and the guy had a left hand and I swear to God, it was the best thing in the whole in the land. <laughs> Everybody's going, did you watch right, it's... Or did you watch it? <laughs> it's up in the air, really. We can't be sure. So I, I was fascinated by left hand. Um, as I came to find out that that's what he is called is just left hand. Um, that's first name, last name, left hand. That's what I get. <laughs> what if it's one, one word? It's not. It's two. It's left hand. It's Mr. Hand to you. It's Mr. Hand. Yes. <laughs> it's Mr. Hand. Um, oh, man. The puns here are not, don't. Because I will, I will ride the hand puns this whole episode. I'm not doing oh, it. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, warning you now. I hate to see what D was like when he was a teenager with that left hand. I was about to say, what kind of, <laughs> what kind of job does a left hand get? I did. Mm, it's just, just <laughs> no, not doing it. The <laughs> so, so little, little, little known fact about your panel here. Um, I'm a left-handed when it comes to moments of uh, self-gratification. Right, wrong episode. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if if your left hand had a face on it, that that's I can I understand. So, <laughs> I, was, I was like, what happens? You know, I'm sick and tired of shit. And he just starts biting, eating it. Well, I, I, I have so many questions. 
No, it's seriously. I need a whole movie just about just about Left Hand and and how that whole thing like happened. Because apparently, even in what I said, like forty books, they still haven't explained Left Hand, like how that is a thing. Um, I've never read a single book. I've only seen the two movies. I would have loved to have known in the movie just a little bit of how that happened. I get now how anime is and and storytelling, and it's like you don't want to do that big reveal, but you just got this really interesting thing. But just a little, a little would have been really, would have gone a long way. Especially when he was complaining as he was crawling back to connect to D. Yeah. <laughs> that feels very he's evil. Day. It did feel very evil. Day. So <laughs> I found that, that that's what got me to look into it. Right. So I like Brian says, we don't like to do the homework. I don't like to have to do the homework. But I was it was I was frustrated because in that scene, they don't explain what the fuck he's doing? Like, why is why is he eating dirt? What is what is happening here? And then he just like he eats a couple handfuls of dirt. He takes a huge deep breath and then he wakes D up by knocking on him. <laughs> it's like, cool, I guess. But they don't ever explain what was happening. So I looked into it. I did the homework for this. Apparently, left hand can revive D when his physical condition is suffering by consuming the four elements and converting the resulting energy into life force. And this ability saved D from the unusually, from the usually fatal uh, act of being staked through the heart uh, in the first novel. Uh, and it's still unclear how the two of them were ever joined. But so apparently it's the four elements. So I guess it was moist soil. I have no idea. Um, Cause he got air, right? And then dirt, I don't know, fire? I don't see him eat fire, but Anyway, the four elements, and that's how he revives D. And they didn't really dig into it in the anime, so it's kind of a missed opportunity. They didn't explain it. That frustrated me. Was it cool? It was cool. But it didn't explain a damn thing. As, as far as when I, I remember when watching this originally in the 90s, I was just like, so to save him from being staked, you just eat a couple handfuls of dirt and burp it up? Like, that was <laughs> what I thought is <laughs> all it took to do. Um, and we didn't have the internet, so I couldn't look it up. So, like, my first thought was, it's dirt, right? But could it have been like a rock? The whole, the whole scene was was lacking in in information. In that, I, I like you, I was just like, I don't know, rock. It, it was, I don't know. See, and then you start picking from other vampire lore. Like you start like telling yourself, like you're like, oh well, maybe it's you know, some kind of. Uh, maybe it's because it's Holy Earth, or you know, like I just like start trying to come up with any reason you can why it works, but they could have just explained it. They could have had left hand say, "You're really lucky. I was able to eat all this, or whatever." It took, but they did. Um, so that that frustrated me. <sighs> so anyway, sorry, we got into left hand and we sort of got off, got a little way away from ourselves in this. The daughter, uh, Lar Larmika, I had to write her name down because I'll never remember her name because I just in all my notes I wrote forehead girl. <laughs> and to write down her name later when I figured out what it was. Uh, yeah, she's a bitch. She's just kind of a raving, like a self-entitled psychopath. And it's hilarious because she thought she was like pure vampire and she was better than everyone else. And he's like, nah, you're just a half-breed. Yeah, and you're just, you're the same bullshit that D is. You, but you don't even have a left hand. Right, <laughs> you don't even have a left hand. I mean, which, come on. Hey, who knows? Maybe she has something hiding under her forehead, <laughs> or or her ears. She always has right because she's got she those headphones on. on. Yeah, her AirPods, <laughs> her, her Beats, <laughs> Beats by Lee. Um, were so the character designs for this were done by Yoshitaka Amano, who does all the illustrations for all the D books. He's the most famous, all the Vampire Hunter artwork is usually done by him. But it wasn't just done by him. It was also um, Ashida, the director, or the film's animation director, decided to add to Amano's work by like adding creative elements that, 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 that they liked. So the final design is kind of like this hodgepodge of the two designs. So it's, it, you can kind of tell like if you watch like Bloodlust, Bloodlust is pure Amino. The whole thing looks like an Amino painting, but the but the eighty five one less so. The reason I brought it up is because I would be so curious to see what Larmika's initial design was and who I get to blame for 
forehead gate because <laughs> it's forehead gate. Somebody needs to take heat for this. <laughs> I don't know who it's gonna be. So after getting his job interview and passing it and being just the greatest vampire hunter Doris had ever seen in her very short life. Cool. <laughs> her dad was a werewolf hunter. I think that's what she based all the criteria on. That's yes. And and clearly <laughs> werewolf hunters, they don't they don't need to do much. Oh my gosh. I like thought, you know, a werewolf hunter doesn't need to, you know, would have just fought back, so since he just stood there and broke the whip, he's obviously way better. Just clearly more skilled. Uh, one of the questions I had was, so does D does D fly or does he float or does he jump in slow motion? Because when he jumps off his cybernetic horse to enter the castle to save Doris, he kind of does all three. I think it's the cape. Which is another point that we definitely need to bring up is the cape. So the cape, I think he stole it from Doctor Strange. That's what it, I thought too. <laughs> it opens, it closes. Yeah, the way it did things. He's fallen in the cave. Yes. Like, nope. Yes. <laughs> Come on. I, I think it, it. I think it's the cape that causes him to do a lot. You know. And and it's another one of those things that because man, wouldn't it be great if they just spent two minutes exploring that? What is all this gear? Left hand talks a lot. I mean, he he could have done like a lot of running commentary. Could have been an expo dump. Could have, but he didn't. He just kept talking about how he was kind of like his dad, and D just kept saying, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I just love that he keeps, like, just riffing on D the whole time. <laughs> so D has to go, and he has to save Doris, because he's been hired to do it, although they haven't exactly established what he's being paid. How he's being paid. Right. <laughs> it's just... But whatever. And... And he, he jump fly floats into the, the castle and then he ends, he lands in this hallway, which I just wrote, no. Yes. <laughs> but it's like everything is like all over the walls. I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I was like, was like, you can jump fly float. Why can't you just jump over? I like jump fly float <laughs> to a window. You do not need to go through that front door. Cause that was just, mm, no, just no. Like, I'm just, through, walking on worms, crushing everybody. And then, and then he's he's greeted by my favorite monster in this whole thing, Pterodactyl Man. <laughs> oh yeah, Pterodactyl Man has blades everywhere. He's got elbow, wrist on his toe, and he's like just, and he cackles as he flies around. He's he's so underused. <laughs> <laughs> It reminded me, it's like like Hermes, right? Like he's flying, he's got the yeah. wings. It's like, what, what would happen if Hermes t- took crack? This is what would happen <laughs> when Hermes took crack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So pterodactyl. And then we got a pack of crack. Oh, man. It's a ter- <laughs> pterodactyl man and Gollum, which is, I don't know if that's a character's name, because I don't know what anybody's names are, but Gollum, because that's all he said was Golem. <laughs> I was calling him Attack on Titan. That's Attack on Titan. Ah, there you go. So that's the, that guy's Attack on Titan. And he suffers from the same anime scale issues as all the villains from Fist of the North Star. <laughs> yeah, one minute he's 30 feet tall, the next he's 10. Yes, he's as big as a drawbridge, and then he can yeah. fit in the drawbridge. You know. Problematic, but it's fine. Uh, I played the castle. It's castle. I have to say the creepiest thing, though, was the floaty witch. Floaty Witch was creepy. Floaty Witch with her bug-ass eyes, her Marty Feldman eyes, and her yeah. weird... <laughs> it, was like, it was like they took, um, what was the the Labyrinth character when they kept piling stuff on? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's her. Crazy old lady. Oh, really like this dog, don't you, dear? Yeah, no, it was, that. It was definitely that lady. The trash lady from, from Labyrinth mixed with Merida from Brave. <laughs> the red was here. That's... Another horribly underused villain, by the way, because she was she was fascinating. Scary, and then she gets cut in half. Don't forget about Sid Pack. Mm-hmm. And they did this, so they 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 trick D and his cape, and they drop him down into the, the pits of hell or whatnot. And and D is this is my problem with D. He's so boring. He's unimpressed by everything. He's like, I'm falling. Uh, cape saved me. 
oh shit, they cut out the hole. My cape fall. Oh well, I fall. And all, the most you get out of D is when he's bitching at left hand and threatening to cut him off. Mm. He walks into this room with the the mid witch Medusas. I had to write it down because yeah, I get a yeah. Second set of nipples I do not want to see in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I I did I did, so I did write tiniest nipples ever. <laughs> These little. <laughs> <laughs> little tiny specks. I think it was like one of the after things where they're like, oh, you forgot something, and they just went, yeah. Stop. They, had to, they had to send in <laughs> animation cleanup. Yeah, yeah I, did, editors, I did. Editors just went, oh, there's something missing. Stop that. There you go. It's done. Nobody will notice. <laughs> It'll never be as bad as, as Wooden Nipple Doll, but it's it was definitely terrifying. And I they were one of the more interesting creatures to me, in the sense of, you know, that they were able to capture D. But that was the thing about it is, and I, I wrote this too, is it's one of my problems with D in, in general is that he's, I never feel like he's in actual peril. Like this whole movie, there's never a point where I'm going, oh, he's fucked now. Yeah, he doesn't feel like he's, it bothers him. Right, he never seems like he's in peril. Like, oh, I lost my hand. Oh, great, my hand is gone. It's... Uh, I think they try to hint at that by giving you the image of the sacred ancestor, like shadowed out, and they're showing like the hat and the hair. You look at D when he doesn't have his hat on, you're kind of like, oh. And if you're really paying attention, you're like, maybe he's just so old that he's like leaving. He's just bored. So that's now that's <laughs> the question, right? He's he is definitely sacred ancestor's kin. He's not actually sacred ancestor, right? Mm-hmm. right. We haven't decided who's sacred. Ancestor. Right, I think we can all safely say it's it's Dracula, right? I mean, he's, yeah. he's Dracula's son. That's what we're dealing with here. So you know what I'm going to ask next, right? It's like D or, or Alucard from Castlevania. Alucard. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alucard doesn't have left hand, but Homeboy can turn into a wolf and make his sword fly, um, amongst other things. <laughs> Alucard. I think what makes D a little scary, too, is if you imagine this dude can walk through the, the Hall of Nope <laughs> just be like, I'm going on a picnic. Um, that's someone I would hide behind. I, you don't have to turn into a wolf if you walk through down that hall and open. It's just like, ah, whatever. I'm- fair, fair point. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. I just, I find Alucard far more fascinating of a character than D. Yes. And, and not, yeah. it's unfair to compare them, right? Because when this came out in 1993, we didn't even have that. Like, I don't even think. Castlevania X was out by then. No, but Castlevania has been around since 1500. We can make this compare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think D. I think D plays the the tall, dark, and silent to the point where you wonder if he's Hannibal, right? Type of thing, right? Yeah, I think he plays it to that point where you're just like, I don't know if you're a good guy or if you're just waiting one day to just eat everyone. I think you're waiting to eat, just eat everyone. Which I'm fine with. I'm into it. Like I. Again, I, I be clear. I liked, I love, I love this anime. But you can love something and, and poke holes in it and oh, see, yeah. you know, the flaws in it and go, you know what? It has all of this stuff wrong with it, but I still, I still love it. Yeah. Um, it holds, it holds a near and dear place in my heart. Watched it during, you know, the early days of of anime for us, and it was a, uh, it still holds up. But I'll get to that later. Yeah, I, th- I think it has the points where you're just like, if you have to explain it, sometimes it kind of dwindles the... Uh, yeah. I feel like you have to. You're just like, I love it. And you're like, why? Um... Stuff. Because. <laughs> so, so actually, I wrote, I wrote this down. It was one of the notes I found out about the production, and I thought it was interesting. And it, it rang at... I would say that when I read this to you, you, you can tell me if you feel like, like it's true and it was, has a success or not was that uh, the director stated that his intention for the film was to create an OVA that people who had been tired from studying or working hard would enjoy watching instead of watching something that would make them feel even more tired. So he literally created this just to entertain people, like just so that you could turn it on and relax and just go for a ride. And I feel like, to me, it was very much a success at doing that because I could watch it pretty much any time and it's it's always a, a fun ride brian's on the fence no it doesn't hold up like that for you huh 
It's all right. I, I can count on one hand, and that number is never going to go up. All right, all right. So uh, I wrote, I wrote down, <laughs> I wrote down. Uh, Spider Demon can fuck all the way off. Yeah. All the way off. <laughs> Just <laughs> all which the is way actually, off. which is actually reason number one why I won't be watching this. <laughs> <laughs> that he busts out with like this, but just spiders. Oh yeah, those things. Mm-mm. Yeah, that was, no. which was really weird because that design itself looks like the imp design that was used in the later Castlevania games. Yes, and I was going yeah. to say it reminds me of Bee Guy from Ninja Scroll. Oh, same kind of. So I yeah. part of me is like, is this some sort of evil commie thing? And they just sort of base these characters off of some old story like that. Cause you know, a lot, a lot of these creature designs and stuff are based on old commie designs and the Japanese have like a gajillion commie. So is it something like that? Or is it just that they just so happened to these two anime that came out within a decade of each other were seriously fucked in the heads and <laughs> wanted to give people nightmares. Actually, it's really weird you say that because like Madhouse, which did Ninja Scroll and also they did Bloodlust. Yeah. Their character style is very, very, very similar to Vampire Hunter D. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amino's sort of baseline is very Madhouse-y. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to say for the record that let's this, this take this premise that we're talking about. I still will blame the whoever did D first because he put the idea for B guy. I agree. Oh, I... Said, hey, you, you ever seen Vampire in the Deep? Yeah. Imagine this guy. But bees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that I I'm still I'm still more terrified of Spider Demon. It's, I'm just like bee guy is terrifying, but but spider guy is he's the worst. <laughs> I, I don't like spiders. All so having all them spiders fly. Mm-mm. And you can even see it in the in the doctor's face. Like they animated that part great because it was projecting me. And so the spiders later was just like, <laughs> like <laughs> exactly where I was. <laughs> We've already talked about how nasty that first hallway he went into was. The hallway of Nope. Yeah. The hallway of Nope. And Spider Guy is still worse than all that. Yes. Oh, I would. I would do Hallway of Nope before I'd sit at a table with Spider Guy. That's uh, 100%. I would never, ever, ever break bread with Spider Guy. <laughs> Spider Guy, he's on his own. I'll walk, through, I'll walk through the Hallway of Nope with no light. That, that's basically <laughs> So, all right. So, Forehead, Forehead sneaks into, into the room to want it. She wants to... She, Wants to kill Doris, but she like sneaks into a room and has a full on bitch fest with the sleeping girl in the room <laughs> before she decides to do it, which was hilarious to me because Doris is clearly the deepest sleeper in the world, and it is no wonder she wasn't killed before. Um, and D like saves her, and and it's big dramatic escape, and you know the Golem is doing his Golem thing and gets his fingers chopped off and half his body blown up, and it's all horrible. Can we call him attack on Golem? Attack on Golem. Let's go with Attack on Golem. I'm fine with that. <laughs> so, so all this goes down, and that's not even the best part to me. The funniest part is um, the dude, and I'm calling him Riff Raff because he's got that whole, he does the time warp. Oh, Come yeah. Up. Riff Raff. So anyway, I'm calling him Riff Raff, and he kills Pterodactyl, dude. He does. Like, Riff, yeah, Riff Raff, like, he throws his blade, here's like a thing, and he runs, and, and there's Pterodactyl dude pinned to a tree, and he's just like, oh man, I can't go home without killing D. And like, dude, you just killed one of your own. <laughs> he was worried about. Yeah. In the beginning, he's like, where's this guy? We need to find him. And then he throws his spear at yep. his boomerang of death, and... <laughs> and he killed him, and he goes, oh, well. And it was at that point that I went, Riff Raff sucks at his job. <laughs> and and I was proven right. <laughs> the coolest power, but he told me. Yeah. So it's at so this it's... point that the Kenshiro cameo is. Cause uh Lee sends his his carriage with his masked faceless dude to go meet with Riff Raff in the city. And when they cut to the to townspeople, the mock Kenshiro is in the foreground. Uh, of one of the groups, and it's, like I said, you can barely tell it's him. But do do give it a run through that part, and you'll you'll see that what I'm talking about. 
it's not it's not very impressive i can't do it <laughs> that would raise your view count and we can't, we can't do that <laughs> you're avoiding the spider guy you can't <laughs> in the dub that i watched they they make this they do this line they they ad lib this line and it's when uh riff raff gets the the candle i'm calling it the orgasm candle so he gets the orgasm candle and he like decides he's gonna try and take out d with it only to find out that it's not the orgasm candle and then he gets his hand chopped off he's rolling out on the ground he's all pissed and in the dub he says uh, D's like riffing into him. It's like, boy, it must really suck to be you right now, kind of thing. And he and Riff Raff for some reason is like, do you have to be condescending as well? And I'm like, really? <laughs> oh <my laughs> it was just a horribly, just it was a bad, bad. Just watch the subtitle version. That's all I'm going to tell you. D has like 12 lines. <laughs> yeah. And they decided to ad lib one for no reason. Um, the the director was like, you know what? Leave that shit in there. Yeah, that was, that was gold. Well done. <laughs> We're gonna leave that Raise on. for that. Perfect. Good job. I didn't even think about that. That is a <laughs> so much better than the translated line. What the hell? Um, See, why are you being such a dick? <laughs> <laughs> then we got uh, the doctor guy who turns out to be Renfield, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the best way I could describe him, right? He's Renfield. Well, he, he had a big issue where halfway through the movie, he decided to change his skin tone. Hey, you know. I was going to say the evil doctor from Pokemon. Yeah. It's, 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 yes, he's the evil doctor from Pokemon. You're right. Uh, it's Dr. Prof, uh, Professor Oak. He's evil Professor yeah. Oak. That's that's who he is. So he's all doing his whatever. And it's not important because Richard Grieco comes back with the orgasm candle and... And he get this is why I called it that is because he gets a uh, forehead girl, uh, Larmika, did nothing about what was happening to her that looked painful. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> She's laid out, <laughs> and, and they don't they don't really dig into that part. They're just like seems really painful. I'm like, does it? Yeah, really. <laughs> is it? Okay. Seems like she's uncomfortable because she has clothes on at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was this this line after, so you know, whatever, Dan saves them. Yay, go Dan. Dan, you had one job. And then, of course, the forehead girl, uh, Larmika's still better than you. Like She's still hoity-toity, whatever. It doesn't matter. But then there's this whole thing they did where she's talking about how much better she is than everybody else. And Dee says something along the lines of, the sacred ancestor taught otherwise. It caught me a little bit off guard because the sacred ancestor Dracula. So what, he's like Jesus now? Like he's taught that you're not better than everybody else? Like, isn't that Dracula's whole thing? Hey, people change. I, I guess maybe after 12,000 years. I don't know. It was just, it. I wrote it down because it felt very odd. It was like, so what, your dad wasn't? A monster like he was he wasn't glad the impaler like it just yeah the whole impaling thing was not like i watched dracula untold okay i can get a sympathetic view on dracula but but a jesus figure like never <laughs> well maybe to vampires you know maybe he woke up one day and it's like yeah this is kind of screwed up maybe i should stop i, just, I don't know it, it was weird it felt forced to me i don't know it's like trying to make dracula gandhi right like what do you literally live by eating people like at what point <laughs> your whole shtick is that you're better than them because they're your cattle like that's they've established this in vampire lore over and over again that that vampires the, the older they get the more like cattle we become it's just again thrown out there open for debate let us know in the comments <laughs> why did why did he why did he teach differently yes right like what, what was the deal there again just if if you're not gonna, you know, what did it? go ahead. I know what did it. I'll say Twilight. <laughs> I'll say Twilight. You can't say Twilight. Fucking Twilight. Twilight is sacrilegious to any type of vampire lore out there. I just have to put that out. There. <laughs> we, it, I can't even. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. It doesn't I don't exist. Need... I blocked it from memory. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> 
I mean, but they knew that Twilight was going to come out. <laughs> so they wrote D in their Dracula to be the, the Cullens. <laughs> now we're going to have to put Brian's social media out there specifically just for the people who don't like Twilight. <laughs> yeah. All you vampire and your D lovers who clearly are also Twilight lovers, feel free to support Brian. <laughs> Brian is gonna get so roasted; it's not even funny. <laughs> Those Twilight lovers are like a whole different breed of vampire fans. But you're right; that, that comment was one that you would hope for, like left hand to make a quip or something. To yeah, that'd be, now if they did a modern version, left hand would be like, you know, is this a Twilight book? Uh, <laughs> oh God, could you imagine a modern version? It'll be like a buddy cop movie. Demon left hand. As long as left hand gets all the lines. Kevin Hart to be the voice of left. Oh, okay. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm fine with that. Except, um, so Riff Raff finally gets the real candle. Don't know how. Don't know how. Oh, because he. I, oh, it's no. They just show it. He runs into uh, Greco down in like the ravine that 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 he fell in, and and then he runs into him, and he gets he gets his his orgasm candle. But he doesn't, like, he says, like, I'm going to kill you slow. But they never, like, really show what happens to Greco. Like, he just assumed he died slowly and painfully. Which is fine. It's not like I cared about it. Oh, worth the screen time. Yeah, exactly. Like, they, you know, they're not going to explain left hand. They're sure shit not going to explain what happened to Greco. Yeah, the pompadour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He shaved him bald and called it a day. That's it. Yeah. He fed him to, to Spider Guy. This I wrote this down and then I ended up looking it up, which was how did D survive a staking, right? Like staking supposed to be the kiss of death for a vampire, and and he gets one and he's laid out and he's done, and and I'm like, how did he survive? And then I ended up looking it up. So left hand saved his life by consuming the four elements, inhaling some air, and knocking on him like a door, whatever. Or red mist came. Right now, here's here's uh, where I wrote <laughs> before the red mist came. Fucking red mist. So here's where I wrote is that the candle works on D clearly not as arousing for D as it was for, for Larmika, but it works on D, but it doesn't work on Lee. I would argue that D is older than Lee theoretically, since he's a sacred ancestor. So why does the candle work on Lee, but it worked on D? Maybe it's because D was yeah. a half. It'd be a dampier. Oh, candle. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> forgot to upgrade to the full. Yeah, go ahead, Brian. Throw this out there because I have not done the homework to this. But if it was me, because uh, it's it's clear that um, D turns down sex. He turned he he turned yeah he turns down sex with Doris. I mean, all of his back up in there. <laughs> so that would shut him down. I, I, guess, I guess, yeah. So, like, it's like a 15,000-year-old orgasm. I got it. He's <laughs> good. He, he just goes to the women and there you go. I, I get it. All right, you know what? I'll put that in his head cannon. That works for me. Sick <laughs> it. That has never even remotely crossed my mind, and I kind of wish it didn't. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like the, a 15,000-year-old orgasm is, is probably the best answer you can get. That would can you imagine the blue balls? Now, Brian, hold up. I mean, he does have a left hand, so with a mouth. <laughs> so that goes to some kind of pocket dimension based on the homework. So anyway, the candle works on D, doesn't work on Lee. Lee then just obliterates Riff Raff in one of the greatest ways possible. Honestly, one of the ways I wish they would do in a Star Wars movie is like instead of just force pushing somebody, you like force force smash flatten somebody as shit was great it was vicious uh so i always kind of wish vader would do that like i thought if vader would like just like fucking force flatten somebody that would be cruel in the coolest vader way possible and then it's it's kind of like the most unclimactic fight right because he lee starts darth vadering d around like face plants him into a pillar slams him against a wall and then decides in his monologuing, because every villain's got a monologue, instead of force flattening him, it would be, you know, not cool enough to do it twice. Whatever. 
If I could force flatten people, just saying that shit would be happening a lot. Um, instead, they get into this this rudimentary fight, and and Lee is basically done in by the sword. Like that's it. It's all it took. Sword pinned to a wall. To a wall. Mm-hmm. You're done. Realization that D is sacred ancestor. Right. Realization that D is sacred ancestor. I was very underwhelmed by that. When you think about it, like as a Western, that tracks, right? Because in the Western, there's no big glorious gunfight at the end. It's it's usually a duel. Bam, you're done, right? It's not a huge shootout. It's not a Fast and the Furious movie. It's not that shit. It's just one and done. Bad guy goes down. So Lee drops. Lee's done, and D fucking D gets on his horse. And pulls, and you can, this is how you could tell it's the same guy that did Fist of the North Star. Because he hops on his horse and he just starts walking with his, he starts riding for four fucking minutes straight. It's just D riding. Like, he was still looking at homegirl from Fist of the North Yeah. It's, it's like the they're, same. Setting the emphasis, they're emphasizing the fact that he's riding away. Like you want to make sure you know. Planet. <laughs> oh, and then you can't forget the strobe light castle. This is like yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. Sorry, they had the whole strobe light castle and the thing and all that. Castle. Yeah, it was totally. But then the yeah. Died. Sorry, what? She died. Forehead girl? No, she she did. Oh yes, yeah, right. She stayed in the castle. Mm-hmm. She's like because she didn't want to admit she was a dampier. Yeah, yeah. Larmika's Larmika's and her forehead. They both died. In the oh, castle. We only know that she stayed in the castle. She, right, yeah, yeah. Missed opportunity to bring her back for bloodlust. So they, so she decides she's, you know, the sacred ancestor thinks that she's trash. Although literally the sacred ancestor is right fucking there. And he's like, nah, you should do it. And she's like, no, no, I will stay. Because <laughs> the sacred ancestor said that we are transient. And I was, he's like, nah, but you're like, like, you should go. Like, seriously, like, we should take <laughs> off. Like you have options, <laughs> right? He's like, you're half human. Like, you know, you could make this work. I, I'm sure we're gonna have airplanes again. We're gonna need a place to land them. Um, <laughs> yeah, but she she decided to go down in a strobe light of glory. She went down with the ship. Yeah, and then and then of course strobe lights and the D rides off forever, uh, forever alone. <laughs> Just him and his cybernetic horse. No, no, but here's the thing about it. Here's incredible. It, it's just, it's too much for me this part. D is clearly on a horse, and he's been running this entire time. Riding this entire walking. time. Yeah. The horse Fair is enough. walking. That's right. <laughs> he had the right ride somewhere to get to a lower place, and then turn around and head the other direction for these two <laughs> to run up <laughs> to the cliff and wave, and like call out to him, goodbye, goodbye, D. Yeah, I and know. Sports hurt and everything. More anime the physics, only, man. The only sign of emotion that he gets is the crinkle of his eye. That's the only time you ever see him actually express emotion is when he looks at those two and he's got crinkle in his eye, and that's it. I'm like, that's you just realize how short his skirt actually was then. I, I think it's probably what it was. Is he smiling or is he going to get on some clothes? Or or did the horse like pinch him and he's just like out, you know, that type of Yeah, thing. right. So it could have been anything. Shut up. Could have been thinking like, you see the way I sliced the spider guy in half? Like it's just anything. We don't know what it was. So yes, it it ends, and this is a, a common thing that happens with with old anime, 80s, 90s anime, is is the endings fall flat on a lot of these. Fist of the North Star is a very flat ending. This one falls flat. Um, even some of the hentai, like, not that I'm counting on a great ending from a hentai, but the endings fall flat on the, like, it's just kind of like this running thing. Even Akira falls very flat. Yeah, anyway, it, it falls, the ending falls flat. It's fine. And nobody's watching it for the ending, right? You're, you're there just because, like the director wanted. You turned it on because you finished studying and you're cooking your meal and you just need some noise on. So you're, you got D running. Perfect. Except for Brian. <laughs> yeah, it's because God forbid he get his count up. 
we've we've run a little long on this, so let's let's start wrapping this up. Um, Lynette, you've you haven't had a chance to go first in a long time, so tell me your thoughts on on Vampire Hunter D overall, big picture. Like, how do you feel it holds up? I own this DVD, so I own the Ultimate, so which is always great. And I think I bought it. This is gonna so date me so bad. I bought it. I bought it around the time when Interview with the Vampire. that movie came out and everybody was like this is the best movie i was like no this is the best movie you know that type of right (laughs) you're like oh you think you know vampires no you gotta watch this (laughs) it's like this isn't that foofy lestat stuff i bought it around the same time as that i would say always enjoy it you know and like you said it's it's not a heavy one so you don't watch it to to actually sounds bad but you don't watch you don't watch it to learn stuff you watch it just to enjoy the art yeah. See the violence and, and do that stuff. And... It's an experience anime. Yeah. I, I yeah. hear you. So I would say it does live up, but if you're expecting like heavy thinking when you watch it, you're going to be very disappointed. Yeah, I agree. I feel like if you're going to, if you're going to have to pick a D to watch, maybe not this one. Bloodlust is probably a more cohesive story. We'll get to Bloodlust someday. Vic, Vic, what's your what's your take, man? Give me give me your thoughts on D. Well, as I see here holding up the vinyl soundtrack to the album <laughs> in all its beautiful glory. It um, is it is lovely. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but just like a few of the others that we've talked about, it's definitely a product of its time. It's like it's it's you know, it's got its moments where it's great. It's got some of its moments where it's a little sketchy. Like, you know, the doctor's skin tone changing three times. <laughs> but, and I mean, we sat here most of the last hour just ragging on it. But it was, we weren't making fun of it because it was bad. It was actually, it, it was just, you know, one of those movies that you should just sit down, shut off your brain and just enjoy. Just sit there and relax and point out all the little issues here and there but it's not bad per se. So, and going back, I mean, last time I watched it, I, God, I was still living in Florida. So this, I haven't watched it in about 15 years. Yeah. So this rewatching, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I did actually enjoy this one. Enjoyed Bloodlust more, but it, like I said, it's not bad. It's not the greatest of all time. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, a remake would probably do it better justice. But for what it is and what we got at the time, it wasn't horrible. Yeah, this um, this feels a lot like, you know, what this is a per- this anime is a perfect example of the kind of material you can put on like Cartoon Network because it did air on Cartoon Network like late at night. Mm-hmm. This is that. This is that late night B movie popcorn flick that you can watch. You know, like when you you just kind of like you had a day and it's like what's what's on TV. This is on. Let's do it. Tromaville. Yeah, yeah, it's exact. Yeah, yeah, Tromaville. It's a it's a Tromaville vampire flick. I do think that it's worth visiting if you're ever gonna watch Bloodlust. I think it's worth checking this one out first. I think that it's it you know it, as a setup to the character to just sort of introduce you to the world building that's been done. I think it does a good job of that. By no means do I hate this film. I think it's it's mm. been it's entertained me every time I watched it. But it's also one of those films that I've never gone out of my way to go watch. So it's like if somebody hasn't seen it and they're like, oh, I want to watch that. I'm like, cool. All right, let's watch it. Like, I'm never going to say nah, but I'm also never going to go, you know what I need to watch today? Vampire Hunter D. Like, I haven't seen that in 15 years. I should really watch it. So if you're flipping the channels and it's on, you stop and watch it kind of thing. That's what this is. That's that is my the best way I can describe Vampire Hunter D 1985. Brian, Brian, you you seem to be the most against D. (laughs) <laughs> what are your final thoughts on it? How do you feel about it? Uh, Castle. Hated it. Spider guy. Fuck that dude. <laughs> I think a lot of the things that we talked about really, why is this cake so magical? Well, that requires home. His hand. How do you give him? Itty big nipples. No home. So, I think that I was excited for when we said Vampire Hunter D, because it's been a long time since I've watched it. Is it my favorite? No, I give it a 4 out of 10. Mm. But I was excited to have a conversation about it. 
Yeah, it kind of seems like everybody's sort of lukewarm on it. I mean, at Lynette, I think you probably liked it the most. Brian, I think you liked it the least. Because it hits my age. I grew up in it. So it's like one of those. Yeah. No, it's it. I liked it more than Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> all right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for our show this week. Uh, thanks for listening to us. And until next time, keep calm and fear Larmika's massive fucking forehead. You've just been privy to the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd presented by Geek Grotto. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Geek Grotto. For show notes and corrections or for general geeky fun, you can visit our website at geek-grotto.com. If you would like to sponsor the show, you can do so on the podcast's Red Circle host site, redcircle.com slash shows slash M-M-M-A-N. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app, please like, follow, and subscribe.